Good morning, brothers and sisters and visitors and friends. This is a beautiful day. We have some sunshine and hope it's, I hope it's going to warm up a little bit. And somebody said that the spring is just around the corner. So we are praying for that. It's so good to, to spend this Sabbath with you. This is a very special day because we are having a health Sabbath. And uh, Bill uh, was kind enough to mention this DVD, which I received from the North American Division of our church. And uh, it would run for about 68 minutes. That's a little over an hour. And um, if you are interested, it would be nice to stay behind after the, the potluck we have. And after enjoying a good meal, we can learn something about health principles. This is, is a very good DVD. I watched it at home. Um, the, the presenter is uh, Pastor John Bradshaw from It Is Written. And he gives us an explanation of those eight principles we call New Start. So I'd like to encourage all of you to stay and then... We would watch watch it together. Uh, and that one more thing is related to this. We have a health magazine called Vibrant Life. And from this brochure, you can pick up this brochure on the table uh, in the back of the church. Um, I'd like to encourage you to read this brochure. And if you decide to order the magazine, then you will receive a very special blessing because this magazine is the oldest health magazine in the United States. It's over 130 years, year old magazine about health principles. So please take a look at this brochure. And finally, one more thing is, uh, this coming Monday, February the 11th, we are going to start a, a prophecy conference. The location is, uh, is Elyria which is a little far from here, but those of you who can make it, please come and enjoy a very good series of lectures on Bible prophecies, starting at 7 p.m. And you will find this brochure also on the table in the back of the church. Please take one or more to invite somebody, maybe a family member or a friend or a neighbor. And I, I want to thank you so much for your your attention. And I invite my lovely wife, Martha, now to come up and recite a poem for us about good health. Good afternoon and happy Sabbath to all of you. The title of the poem is Healthy Living. I hope to keep fit, healthy, and strong. I want to enjoy life and live it long. I want to do exercise at least once a week. Also be careful of what I do eat. At times it be easy and others it be hard but I won't just stop as it gets hard. 
I will cope through the hard times, then the easy times will come. And with every struggle, I will overcome. All through my life, I will treat my body with respect, knowing in my life, I lived life to the best. Amen. Thank you, Martha, for this beautiful poem. And I'm also thankful for Leslie for uh, the Bible, um, the children's story was, was very good, very practical. And I, I would appreciate if we had some music this morning, hopefully next time. So please, I, I just want to encourage those who have musical talents, use those talents because you can multiply them by using. And uh, we would really enjoy this Sabbath. Please bow your heads before we open the Word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift of life and the treasure of health. This is something you have given to us as a blessing, and you want to teach us how to preserve good health, how to achieve a sound mind and a healthy body, and how we could keep ourselves healthy in this world when everybody is running and we have no time to reflect. But please open your word for us and send your spirit to teach us and bless us and give us good health. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. Healthy living. How to be healthy? And that's a big question. And sometimes I, um, I hear a sentence that goes like this. You are blessed because you inherited good genes. And sometimes you hear slogans like, Health is wealth. Eat healthy, be healthy, and smile. And I read a sentence somewhere on the internet. It it goes like this. Great health comes from having great thoughts and feeling great. Well, we will be studying a little bit about health this morning, this afternoon. And my Bible verse, as an opening verse, is found in the third letter of John. Anthony just read this Bible verse, but I want to repeat it. The third letter of John, it's a short letter, only has one chapter. The whole letter is a chapter. And if you go to verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Which practically means that we need to pray for good health. 
and prosperity. Good health would bring us prosperity or prosperity would promote good health. But what is health? Have you ever read a definition of health? I found one which is interesting. It's not a religious uh, definition or description of health, but um, it's something we need to learn from. And this comes from the World Health Organization. And it says, a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. What do you think about this definition? I read it again. A state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. Well, if you are honest to yourself, or if I'm honest to myself, then I should say nobody is healthy. Because nobody can meet all these criteria that we are physically, mentally, and socially are enjoying a well-being. Something is always missing of these aspects of health. But how can we become healthy? What does the Bible say about health? Well, it's interesting to me that even in the Old Testament, there was quite a bit of emphasis on good health. And if you open the Bible in the book of Genesis, we go to the very beginning. Go to the book of Genesis, chapter 9, where we find something in verses 28 and 29. Genesis Uh, Chapter 9 and verses 28 and 29. It says, And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. So all the days of Noah were 950 years. And he died. So, He had a longer lifespan than Adam had. If you go to the story of creation and you look at the lifespan of Adam, the Bible says that he lived for 930 years. And this man, Noah, who walked with God, that's what the Bible says, his life was very simple but very healthy. And the interesting thing is that the Bible nowhere states that Noah was sick. Have you ever thought about that? He lived for 950 years, almost a thousand years. How far are we from that lifespan? 950 years. And he went through a very terrible, very difficult period of time. If you think about the flood, there was something never experienced before, and hopefully we will never experience it again. He went through all these troubles, 
and he still lived another 350 years after the flood. Altogether, the Bible says 950 years, and he died without being sick. I have a very interesting Bible at home, an old King James Bible. I'm not using that Bible anymore. I'm using the new King James, but I I still treasure that one. Because on the left and right margins, you will find dates. Have you ever seen a Bible like that? I don't know who and and when got those dates. But it's interesting that it gives dates on each page. And it gives something for uh, Noah, 2348 B.C. I'm not promoting that date. Please don't misunderstand me. (laughs) But I found it interesting because then I dropped to another person, Abraham. I was curious how long Abraham lived. What do you think? Compared to Noah. Noah lived for 950 years. No sickness. But he died. So if you turn a few pages and go to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25. And that's part of the story about Abraham. On the margin of this old King James Bible, I found another date, 1822 B.C. The difference between the two dates is 526 years. So by the time when Noah died, and the time when uh, Abraham died, there were 526 years. And about Abraham, we can read the following Chapter 25, Genesis 25, verses 7 and 8. It says, this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived. 175 years. He was kind of old compared to our lifespan, but he was far less than what um, Noah could accomplish, in, in quote, because he lived for 950 years, and Abraham, after 526 years, dropped to 175 years. And that's what I'll, I'll try to emphasize, that it, it needed only a little over 500 years. And from 900, he dropped to less than 200. But the Bible says something interesting about how he died. So let's go back to Genesis 25. And I'm reading verse 8. Then Abraham breathed his last 
and died in a good old age. An old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. Isn't it interesting that the Bible doesn't say anything about sickness? Although there is a big difference in the number of years, both men died in a very old age compared to others, and they had no experience with sickness. And this is what amazes me. That these men... And if you, if you read the book of Genesis, you don't really find anyone getting sick. Not really. There is only one sentence towards the end of Genesis when Joseph heard that his father, Jacob, got sick. But we practically read it nowhere in Genesis that these people were sick and they died because of sickness. Which to me is an indication that God's plan was a healthy life. A long life with no sickness even after sinning. And this is amazing how God created our whole body and um, our whole being in, in, in a way that even after the fall people could still live for over 900 years. And uh, even Abraham died in a very old age with no sickness. So what is the secret of health? That's my second big question. How is it that we are or we can be healthier than others? Well, the Bible says that God made some provisions for Israel and he promised that they would not experience those sicknesses what the Egyptians went through. And this is interesting. Please turn with me at least to one Bible verse, Exodus, uh, which is the second book in the Bible, Exodus, and then chapter 15. This is uh, Exodus 15 and verse 26. If you, God is talking, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. So now now we come to another key term, healing. The best is if we are not sick, you know. I think we we would all agree. The best if, if we are not sick. Second, 
best how to be healed if we are sick. And I think we can all agree that here and there, sometime in the past, maybe in the future, we've been sick or we will be sick or we are sick right now. But this Bible verse says something of a very special promise given by God that I will not bring any kind of sickness on you that the Egyptians experienced. What kind of sickness sickness did they have? Well, studying the mummies, scientists discovered the following, that they were suffering from heart, skin, eye, diseases, infections of the digestive system, diabetes, stroke, and cancer. But among the Jews, you did not find any of this type of sickness. These were the diseases of the Egyptians. So what are the health principles we need to follow in order to avoid all these type of sicknesses? Let's go to the book of uh, Proverbs. As you know, there was a man, his name was Solomon, who became a king after his father, uh, David. And he wrote over 3,000 Proverbs. Some of them are collected in the Bible. And so we, we go to the book of Proverbs and read something, some wisdom, which I think it's still standing. Please come with me to Proverbs chapter 3 and then 4. Secrets of Good Health. Proverbs chapter 3 and beginning in verse 5, 5 to 8. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And here comes the health principle. It will be health to your flesh or body and strength or drink in the original to your bones. So trust and wisdom because it says don't be wise in your own eyes. Trust and wisdom brings health health to the body and strength to the bones. If you turn to the next chapter, chapter 4 of Proverbs, 4 and beginning in verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, 
and health to all their flesh. I would say the teachable spirit. That's what we need. My son, give attention to my words and incline your ears to my sayings. Teachable spirit. If you have teachable spirit and teachable heart, you will get life and health. And if you move to chapter 12 of the same book, Proverbs, chapter 12, and then verse 18. Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. That's the psychological side of the whole picture. We can promote health with our words. Or we can cause wounds with our words. Psychological side of the whole question. What about healing? How can we be healed? Same book, Proverbs. Just turn a few pages to chapter 15. Proverbs 15 and verse 23. Proverbs 15, verse 23. And it says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And the word spoken in due season, how good it is. Very interesting. 15 verse 23. So a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And the word spoken in due season. How good it is. Why don't we spend more time spreading good news? And saying good things to one another. They would bring us healing. And we can make a New Year's resolution, although it's already February, but we can make a resolution that we would not spread anything wrong but good. And bring nice words to one another. Because that could be the source of healing. The next wisdom, piece of wisdom, is is found in the same book, chapter 17. 17 and then verse 22. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart does good like medicine. Do you know that every medicine has side effects? But this medicine does not have side effects. That's what we need to learn. If you want to take the best medicine which has no side effects, then merry heart. Happy attitude. 
which is more than smiling face. It's more. It's an attitude which shows that I trust that God is taking care of me. And he is my healer. He is the one who is giving advice what to do, what not to do in order to maintain good health. And I found something even more besides Proverbs. That's the wisdom given to King Solomon. But God gave wisdom to some of the prophets, like Jeremiah. Please turn with me to the book of Jeremiah now, to chapter 30. Jeremiah 30 and verses 17 and a little bit of verse 18. Jeremiah chapter 33, 0, and then verses 17 and the beginning of 18. It says, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, no one seeks her. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring back the captivity of Jacob's tents, and I have mercy on his dwelling places. I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. That's God's promise. And it was promised to those who returned from exile. They had to spend 70 years in exile in Babylon, but Jeremiah the prophet was already prophesizing even before the 70 years started. He was prophesizing that this is going to be a healing. God is promising a healing, restoration of health and healing of wounds. And if you turn a couple of pages, you end up with Jeremiah chapter 33. This is another interesting and and beautiful promise. Chapter 33 and verses 6 to 9. Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. Beautiful promise that I will bring it health, bring to them health and healing. And even more beautiful, it says, I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. 
So this is social health, physical, mental health, and emotional restoration, if you will. What about the New Testament? Because so far we lived or we read from the Old Testament books. But let's move to the New Testament for a moment and see what Jesus did. Because Jesus was restoring health and healing. There are verses in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm just reading one from Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. This is Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. It's amazing that Jesus' ministry was threefold. Teaching, preaching, than healing. And he was able to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Whatever it was, a physical disease, an emotional or mental disease, maybe some kind of social disturbance, Jesus was able to heal all those sicknesses. And so this is amazing. And um, one I would call um, theological healing. Have you heard about this term? Have you ever heard about theological healing? I just made up this term. So if you don't find it in the dictionary, that's okay. (laughs) That's That's my term, theological healing. Are you curious what would that mean? I found it in the Gospel of John. Not in Matthew or Mark or Luke, but in John. So please come with me to John. This is a very special healing. And Jesus performed this healing... So let's go to John uh, chapter 9. The Gospel of John chapter 9. And this is about a man who was handicapped. John 9. He was blind from birth. He was born blind. What do you think about handicap. If someone is born with some kind of let's say difficulty, any kind, which is probably something which was stored in the genes, maybe inherited, but not always. And so this story is about a man. Jesus healed this man. He was born with a handicap. He was born blind. And the theological question was very interesting. This is why I I, I gave this name, theological healing. 
I'm reading the first five verses of this long story. We can read the whole chapter. Beautiful. But I'm just reading uh, just a few verses. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This man has never seen light. He was born blind. And the theological question was, what caused his blindness? Was it his sickness or sin? Or maybe something inherited? So the parents were sinning and he's suffering because of death. And Jesus said, this, this is wrong theology. It's wrong theology. Because neither this man nor his parents sinned. But what caused the sickness? What was the purpose, if you will, of the sickness? It was a source of revelation. And I think we don't really think about that. But it was a source of revealing something to this world that Jesus is carrying the light in himself. The Gospel of John says in the chapter 1 that in him there was life. And life was the light of man. And Jesus said this case is to prove that Jesus is carrying life and light. And he said as long as I am here I am the light of this world. Which practically means that if we want to find healing, we need to go to Jesus and learn from him. Sometimes we go to physicians. Sometimes we need to. But do we go to Jesus to learn something about healing? About light in life? Because he's the one who's carrying life in himself and he's carrying the light because he created light as the first thing. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, that was the first thing God created. And so Jesus is saying that this case is just to prove, to reveal 
that I must work as long as we have the day. The night is coming when no one can work. If you take it symbolically, you can take it symbolically, the night is coming. It's coming very soon. Why don't we appreciate light as long as it is with us? And Jesus is saying that I am the light. As long as I'm here, I am the light of the world. Well, what can we say after all? Well, I, uh, I decided to choose three short quotations uh, from Ellen White. As you know, Ellen White, who was not a physician, she was a prophetess, as we believe. She was not a physician, but she received uh, principles from God what we should follow if we want to be healthy. So I, I chose three of her books. And then uh, I will read this, uh, these short quotations from, uh, from Evangelism first on page 519, 519. It says, Medical missionary work is in no case to be divorced from the gospel ministry. The Lord has specified that the two shall be as closely connected as the arm is with the body. Without this union, neither part of the work is complete. The medical missionary work is the gospel in illustration. And sometimes when we, when we hear about evangelistic campaigns, like the one which is going to start this coming Monday evening at 7 in Elyria. It's good that we focus on the gospel, but it could be better if we can combine medical work and give some kind of health advices at the same time when we are spreading the good news. And so... Ellen White is giving us a counsel that we should never separate the two. The, the second quotation is taken from uh, a compilation which is called Counsels on Diet and Food. This is a very interesting one. It says, Our physical health is maintained by that which we eat. Would you agree with this? Of course, physical health is maintained by that which we eat. If our appetites are not under the control of a sanctified mind, if we are not temperate in all our eating and drinking, we shall not be in a state of mental and physical soundness. Think about that. Appetite should be under the control of a sanctified mind. And should, we should be temperate in all our eating and drinking. 
Otherwise, we would not be in a state of mental and physical soundness to study the world with the purpose to learn what said the scripture. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Any unhealthful habit will produce an unhealthful condition in the system, meaning in the organs. And the delicate living machinery of the stomach will be injured and will not be able to do its work properly. The diet has much to do with the disposition to enter into temptation and commit sin. This is very interesting. So the way how we eat practically determines our disposition to enter into temptation. And if we want to have a sound mind, mental, physical, good mental, physical capacity, then we need to be temperate in whatever we drink and eat. And sometimes, I'm talking about myself as well, even though if we follow a healthful diet, it could turn into unhealthful if we are not temperate. So we we are not talking about quantity. Uh, uh, sorry, quality, but also quantity. And if the, the two go together, that's where we really hit the target. So it says that... Uh, Whatever is unhealthy would produce an unhealthy condition in our digestive system. And finally, I don't know if you have ever heard about hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Have you heard about hypnosis? Hypnosis? And there is such a thing as hypnotherapy. And, and people believe, I mean, some, somebody definitely believe that if they go to a physician who can practice hypnosis, that would help or speed up the healing process. And Ellen White has something to say about that. Very interesting. I found this book, this quotation in Ministry of Healing. And I'm sorry I didn't mention the page number in Consoles on Diet and Food, page 52. There was page 52. And in the Ministry of Healing, page 98, I found the following. It is not God's purpose that any human being should yield his mind and the will to the to the control of another, becoming a passive instrument in his hands. No one is to merge his individuality in that of another. He is not to look to any human being as a source of healing. His dependence must be in God. In the dignity of his God-given manhood, he is to be controlled by God himself, not by any human intelligence. 
I'm, I'm not saying that there are cases when we when we need to see the physician, of course, or a dentist. There are cases we need to do that. But uh, this statement is not simply about medical knowledge. If you accept the medical knowledge of another person or not. But if someone wants to rule over your own will by this so-called hypnotherapy, then you could be in, in a very big danger because you would lose your own control over your own will and your own sound mind. And so she is saying that that uh, no human being should yield his mind and will to the control of another. I could read more, but I, I chose only this. I, I already beyond what I was hoping to finish. But I'd like to read this Bible verse again for you as a conclusion from Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So physical, mental, or spiritual health should never be separated. And this is my prayer, that our good Lord would really guide us and would help us to maintain a good health and to find the source of healing could be by a physician. I'm not excluding physicians or nurses because I'll be stoned after this sermon if I, if I do that. That was not my purpose. My purpose was that if we follow health principles given in the Bible, we can avoid so many traps and we can enjoy life to its fullest and that's why, why Jesus came to teach us how to live a healthful life so God bless all of us as we study this important question and please enjoy the good meal don't eat too much be temperate so your blood would still support your brain rather than your stomach. But when you do that, please come back. And after enjoying a good meal, I think we should be, should be done by 2 o'clock or so. Please come up and enjoy this presentation. This is, is very practical, very helpful. And uh, as I mentioned, this is a lecture given by... Uh, Pastor John Bradshaw from It Is Written. So God bless all of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Our closing hymn will be found on page 547. I would invite you to stand, please.
Let us bow our heads for a closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for the wisdom what we can gain from your word. We know, Lord, that there is a big scope of knowledge in the medical field. And there are so much that could be done But we know, Lord, that sometimes simple things are more effective. If we follow a certain diet, if we follow a certain lifestyle, if we follow principles rather than impulses, we can be healthy, we can live longer and happier than others. And as we have learned from your Bible, from your word, we understand, Lord, that you are the great healer. Because you are the one who created us and you know what is best for us. And it, it is amazing how human body can withstand sicknesses. 
And if we think about the first generations, even before the flood, we see that there was no sickness. And people lived for hundreds of years not losing their energy. And this is amazing. But Lord, we want to ask you to give us that wisdom, what we need, step by step. Because in this world, we don't find these principles. We need to go to you. We need to go and study your word. And please give us a mind. And give us a teachable spirit. So we could listen and remember and practice all these principles. And Lord, we want to thank you for today, for this day, which is a health Sabbath. We want to enjoy healthful and healthy food, healthful living and healthy food just right now. And please gather us together to watch this DVD, which would give us further principles, the main ones that we need to follow. So we want to thank you, Lord, for all your blessings you have prepared for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.